I want to like Kia's new EV9. I really do. I'm sure it's quiet, comfortable, luxurious, capable, and even innovative in so many ways. I even kind of like how it looks. But to me, all of this is eclipsed in a major way by the mammoth disconnect embodied in this vehicle. The drain on the Earth's resources, it's staggering. Like the obvious and intrinsic ineffectiveness of cars like this as any kind of climate countermeasure. Nobody can save the planet 2.6 tonnes of vehicle at a time, can they? No matter how enthusiastically we attempt to wrap such a concept in the language of green virtue. I'm John Cadogan from AutoExpert.com.au, Newcast Chief, Australia only website. Card. The automotive media is enthusiastically jizzing right across the newsroom over Kia's new EV9 right now. It's amazing to watch, like salmon spawning. <laughs> this kind of conduct typically costs extra, now that I think about it. Anyway, Australia's second most hated motoring journalist over at Drive, Joshua Dowling himself, labels the new EV9, quote, Australia's first large seven-seat SUV from a top five car maker. Of course, the country's first electric seven-seat SUV was the Tesla Model X, so that top five car maker caveat is kind of important for that claim. And the three-prong EQB box <laughs> can also be yours with seven seats if you really want to do that to yourself. The bridesmaid also categorises the EV9 as the, quote, most expensive vehicle sold by Kia to date. And both of these claims are true. But there are also, I would argue, some doors that not even the bridesmaid can step through. So here's what nobody involved in the EV9 pan newsroom jizz storm either knows or is prepared to say. Kia's new whole lot of Rosie Burger EV is heavier than a fucking Toyota Land Cruiser 300 VX. In the automotive morbid obesity sweepstakes, it's a photo finish actually, but the EV9 is just a bee's endophallus heavier, six kilos. The Land Cruiser tips the scales at an eye-watering 2,630 kilos. But the EV9 in top-spec GT-line trim with both motors is 2,636. The EV9 is even bigger than a Land Cruiser too. Like, it's 30 millimetres longer and it's on a 250 millimetres longer wheelbase. Both vehicles are the same width, but the EV9 does not stand as tall. It's actually 195 millimetres, not as tall. And it's that plus the extended wheelbase that makes it kind of look like a mafia hitman minibus headed for Vegas. <laughs> That's what I like about the look, incidentally. It's kind of cool, but polarising. This sheer excess is... It's impossible for me to justify. Like, if you care about the future, if you care about resources or conservation, emissions... And of course, this is why electrification is being pushed as a form of climate 
action. This is why we're doing it at the highest level. So just forget the battery momentarily, right? I'm just talking now about the waste of mundane resources, the steel, the glass, the aluminium, the rubber, the plastics. You could not jump over all of the hydrocarbons that have been embodied making the non-battery components comprising Kia's plug-in whole lot of Rosie. This is just a fact and therefore nobody has to like it. This is more relevant to the EV9 than the Land Cruiser, I'd suggest, because of the insidious nature of bullshit. The way bullshit metastasizes through modern society. Like, EVs are good and diesels are bad, right? Thus, the EV9 comes pre-packaged with its own supply of green virtue, simply because it's an EV. Kia even calls two of the model variants air and earth. I know, it's just designed to push a certain kind of person's buttons. Meanwhile, out here in objective reality, humanity cannot conserve resources nor save the planet. One giant 2.6 tonne personal transport appliance at a time. It's just not possible. This car is therefore a rolling contradiction. The Land Cruiser is almost as bad at tying up resources, obviously. It's just that nobody buying one is being convinced by millions of dollars in corporate and government marketing wank that they're doing the planet any kind of favour. In this respect, buying a 300 series is a far more honest transaction. It's like, Land Cruiser, yeah, fuck planet Earth. Now, the battery, which you can see from space. Kia's lips have been tighter than a salmon's anus on the battery chemistry. And that probably means it's full of cobalt. And if true, this makes an EV9 one of the worst would-be hazmat risks, soon to be rolling on Australian roads and in our underground car parks etc. Two or three EV9s all parked on a fast charger in an underground car park should be more than sufficient for the full Luton structural collapse, don't you think? Like in a reinforced concrete structure, the steel only has to get to about 600 degrees C to fail. Lithium-ion batteries, of course, burn at 2000 degrees C, which is way above the melting point of steel. This is called a fact. Even if the fire is caused by something completely left field, like totally extemporaneous, I don't know, Thanos, for example, it's the proximal presence of those huge batteries that really matters, isn't it? Plus the fact that there are no known firefighting countermeasures. Incidentally, it's been announced that the Luton Airport car park, I love saying it in French, I've been there. It's exactly not French. The Luton Airport car park will need to be completely demolished. And all the cars on the lower, I think it was three or four floors, are totally unsalvageable. EVs, right? Saving the planet. One giant freaking hazmat catastrophe at a time. The EV9's battery is going to be 
rather expensive, which probably means 30 to 50 grand if you ever have to replace it. So if some young dickhead in a Yaris T-bones you in your shiny new Mafia Hitman minibus, your insurer will probably write a whole lot of Rosie off, sadly, for fear of hazmat hilarity down the track. And I'm sure you can join the dots on the impact on premiums for cars such as this over time. Plus, there's no battery recycling mandate, even in 2023, is there? That's kind of up to the free market. And currently, it's working out spectacularly, dude. And by spectacularly, I mean 90% of lithium-ion battery waste is going straight into fucking landfill. Hashtag Aaron Brockovich. So much for the circular fucking battery economy. That's according to the CSIRO. 90% into landfill is called a fact. This is the backdrop against which this vehicle with its huge battery is launched, right? Okay, so one of the art forms of corporate communications is cleverly crafting messages so that none of the shitty things about products are ever oxygenated. You don't want people to know some things about your product. I get that. This is a real skill, which is why PR hacks typically get paid much more than scumbag journalists. Kia appears not to be saying anything anywhere about battery chemistry for the EV9, like here or overseas. According to evdatabase.org, there's, quote, no data concerning the battery chemistry. Here's a report from October the 1st this year, like just last month, that indicates Hyundai's intention to move to lithium-ion phosphate batteries for its cheaper electric cars. And obviously, EV9 is not one of those. Hyundai and Kia are obviously joined at the ANUS. And by ANUS, I mean boardroom, dude. They use the same battery tech and they share any other technology they can get away with. It keeps costs down. So, critical thinking time. If they're moving to something like new battery chemistry, then they are by definition also moving away from something. So if they're moving to lithium iron phosphate, they're moving away from a different chemistry, which on the balance of probability has to be cobalt manganese. Now, apart from its hilariously entertaining hazmat potential, like get it on your skin in a fire, you get permanently disabled. What fun. Apart from that, the story of cobalt is also the story of gross human rights violations around the third world. It's like blood diamonds, only it's blood cobalt, basically. So that's unpleasant. If it were lithium iron phosphate, they would therefore be shouting it from the freaking rafters, would they not? The Move 2 report goes on to speculate that the first slightly cleaner battery tech for Hyundai Kia will be the Ray EV, which is a tiny city car. Then there's the sheer size of the battery in the EV9. It's, in round figures, 100 kilowatt hours. That's about 1,400 power tool batteries, like four amp hours, 18 volts. It's 1,400 of those. Imagine that. That's in the Earth and the GT line model variants. There's a lesser 76 kilowatt hour battery in the base shitter air EV9, the Poverty EV9, it's huge, the 76 one, whereas the battery in the other two is 
fucking huge, right? It's amazing. There's an interesting concept in economics, right? It's called opportunity cost. And this is kind of that. And basically, it works like this. If you take Tiffany, the boss's secretary, to some seedy motel for some intensive email training, in particular, um, let's call it uh, inbox management, well, I guess you'd have to book an Uber and you'd have to order in a couple of bottles of Verve plus some other sundry training materials. It's probably going to cost you about, I don't know, 500 bucks. Hashtag worth it. A clean inbox is, of course, next to godliness, is it not? But we all know out here in reality that if instead you devoted the 500 smackers to your thriving side hustle business, you'd probably make about a thousand bucks profit. So the opportunity cost of tidying up Tiffany's inbox is more like 1500 bucks, like that's what your spend is actually costing you. The 500 plus the thousand bucks you didn't make with it, right? The morbidly obese battery in the EV9 is essentially that. Only a lot less fun, dude. You really have to look at the environmental opportunity cost that's embodied in such over-the-top automotive excess, right? See, in Australia, light vehicles, which is a categorization which perversely includes even the EV9. Light vehicles are like 10% of total CO2 emissions for our nation. That's about 46 million tonnes of CO2. But electricity is about 153 million tonnes and the so-called fugitive emissions, which is essentially coal mines farting methane, that's another 48 million tonnes, inconveniently. Coal mines and electricity are, of course, a two-headed coin, the total value of which is roughly 200 million tonnes of CO2. Nothing is being done about fugitive emissions, which is a problem that's roughly as big as light vehicles. And this is so mainly because politicians are such assholes. These figures are all from the federal government's national greenhouse accounts for the year ended March of 2023, so quite recent. The estimate for light vehicles is also from the federal government. The greenhouse accounts are a PDF, so if you're watching this video, you can download those and you can easily confirm my data. What I'm saying is coal and electricity is roughly four to five times bigger as far as this problem goes compared with light vehicles. That's if you care about tackling emissions, like head on. Lithium and cobalt are extremely limited resources and therefore it behooves us as a species to devote them to solving this problem in the most efficient way. Which is to say, in the way that will make the biggest difference in the shortest time. So you can package up an 800 kilo battery in shiny rolling resource intensive box of steel, aluminium, plastics, glass, rubber, etc. And you can wank yourself into a state of enduring ecstasy over doing, quote, the right thing in your EV9. And certainly this is what the car industry and the federal government would prefer you did. They hate it when people examine this proposition critically and rationally, or they look through it through the prism of facts, you know? We don't want ordinary people doing that. Alternatively, 
we could use exactly the same resources that went into the EV9's preposterous battery and precious few of the resources that went into making the vehicle wrapped around it. And we could manufacture five smaller stationary batteries like 20 kilowatt hours apiece, which would be sufficient to take five frickin' houses that already have a photovoltaic array upstairs and we could essentially disconnect them from the grid permanently and that would work just fine. And I would argue that one of these options is a high velocity round headed straight into the frickin' heart of this problem. And the other is simply a waste of resources used to empower a rich virtue signaling twat to engage in one of the most undignified forms of contemporary public masturbation. The existence of the Kia EV9 is a feedback effect of living in the golden age of bullshit. Because at no other time in human history would such a glorious greenwash have even been remotely possible. In the domain of climate action, cars like the EV9 and the even more ridiculous upcoming Polestar 3 they're conspicuously ineffective. It's actually worse than that because they move us backwards thanks to the problem of opportunity cost. Climate action is the only reason EVs are being rolled out and aggressively mandated. EVs are more expensive and inferior in almost every other respect. This is a fact too. So liking it is optional, especially if you're an EV fanboy. Presenting the facts to an EV fanboy is like an atheist arguing with the religious. <laughs> There's no point. Facts are ineffective in this context. Currently, MG and BYD offer entry EVs for about 40 grand in this country. Even that's excessive in my book. What the market is gagging for is an EV for about 30 grand. Drive away. Doesn't need too much fruit, doesn't need too much range, just needs to do the daily running around. It's like the perfect second car, bit of a shitbox even, it'd be fine. Perfect complement to one's Hilux, perhaps. Only needs a tiny battery, doesn't actually need that much electricity to recharge it overnight. In other words, probably not going to stall the grid if it's widely adopted and rolled out. And ordinary people could afford one. There's that. Let's not forget two things about this, right? A, rich virtue signaling twats cannot save the planet in $130,000 increments. At least they can't do it on their own. And B, the principal barrier to entry for EVs is the price. So, sorry, Kia. While in the abstract, I admire the EV9, and I'm sure it's a decent car, and I'm sure you did a decent job on the details. But I've got to argue that you're, you've not only forgotten who your customers actually are, you've also ignored why this technology is really being deployed. Like, there's a very small number of people who wake up one day and they just go, I think I'll spend 130 grand on a Kia. Because I, I never really liked BMW or Mercedes and I'm sure the other bankers and lawyers down at the Polo Club are going to understand my newfound commitment to mainstream automotive rationality. Also, in the domain of facts, 
it would be somewhat greener to buy, I don't know, a diesel Sorento GT line or the plug-in hybrid and spend the remaining 50 or 60 grand on a big solar array and a big home backup battery and divorce yourself from coal, which is the heart of the problem. You'd probably find yourself selling electricity back to the grid at peak times, upliftingly enough. So EV9 is a nice car that fails to be worthwhile. It's a huge fish swimming in a Lilliputian market of people who have BMW money but decide that they really, really want a Kia instead. And that, I suppose, is the vehicle's single redeeming feature. The very best thing that I can see about the new EV9 is its breathtaking, multifaceted irrelevance.